The views you're about to hear on the Dr. Plus podcast are those of the individual participants and not their employers, any other organization, or the American College of Physicians. So let's get to it. Welcome to Dr. Plus, the podcast where we explore the hobbies, activities, and adventures outside of medicine that make our friends and colleagues truly amazing. I'm Saganish, an academic internal medicine and public health doctor practicing in St. Paul. And I'm David, an internal medicine doctor practicing hospital and clinical medicine in downtown Minneapolis. We recognize our colleagues for their clinical work, research, or incredible academic achievements, but we often don't get to hear about the other sides of their lives, their pluses. Here on this podcast, we get to spend a few minutes getting to know each other in a new way. Well, welcome. Today, we are so excited to get to introduce you to Amy Greminger. Amy and I got to know each other through our work. We're both co-course directors, and I got to learn about her plus from this really lovely gift that she gave me. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But Amy, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about your day job, sort of your clinical practice and what you do every day? I feel like I'm really lucky. Um, My clinical practice is in the area of hospice right now. Um, I know a lot of people, when you say the hospice word, they get a little bit like hesitant, but it's it's really, it is one of the most life-giving, joyous jobs that I've ever had clinically. Um, I just absolutely love that work. I love working with my team. They're amazing. And just getting to be with patients at such a sacred part of their life is amazing. And you practice up in Duluth. Yep. No, Duluth is a beautiful place to be at least five months of the year. And and what else do you do up there? So you do hospice medicine and then what else do you do? Yep. Actually, predominantly right now, I'm teaching at the medical school, mostly first and second year medical students, although do some stuff with third and fourth year uh, students as well. Um, and that is also just a joy. They ask wonderful questions. Mm-hmm. And I learn a lot. Um, maybe I should, maybe I should have to pay to teach them. I think I learned just as much as they do from me. That's for sure. Amy, I remember when I was doing medical school, we barely knew what hospice is or was, and now it is prevalent all over. Now you teach it and you do it in Duluth. Did you always know you were going to do hospice cares? No, I started out, you know, I'm I'm a general internist and I started off working as a as a hospitalist and I had been interested like in medical school or even before medical school I had volunteered uh, as a hospice volunteer, so I've been interested in it for a long long time but did not think that that's where my career was going to take me. I didn't even know what an internist was when I started medical school. So like all of this has been a surprise for me and I certainly didn't know that I could work in hospice. So um just kind of started doing more geriatric stuff and then really drawn to that work um, and just feel really lucky to be able to work in that space. You and me both, I didn't even know you had to do a residency. I went into medical school. And I was like, what, there's something after this? I have to do, that? <laughs> you know, and what is, what is internal medicine? I didn't even know what it was. And what is an internist? I didn't know what that was either. No, I didn't know what an internist was. You and me both. Amy, now I'm really curious. What is this gift that you gave Saganish and how does that relate to your plus? Well, I gave Saganish a bag and it was a bag that I had made. So I like to sew and craft and do a little bit of a lot of different kinds of crafts, but predominantly sewing and learning how to knit now. Um, I've probably made 
I don't know, gosh, probably somewhere between 200 and 300 bags in my lifetime. I feel like for me, like the joy is in making them. And I do definitely do not want 300 bags in my house. We we do not have space for that. Bags. Is this like a a little thing this big or are we talking like giant bags? No, (laughs) it's this really beautiful tote bag. It's covered with this really beautiful Hawaiian print. And in the inside is lined with this bright fabric and it's got pockets. But it wasn't even just incredible that she made one for me. She made one for every member of our team. And every bag was unique. And we got to talking. And Amy, tell us more about the bags. You make them. And then what do you do with them? Because you don't want 300 bags in your house. What have you been doing with those? I feel like eventually almost everybody that I know gets a bag. I'm always looking for bag uh, recipients. I'm like, would would it be okay? And I don't want to burden anybody <laughs> with stuff or anything like that. But um, the medical school is a great, there's lots of faculty and lots of staff and keep on working with new people. So eventually they just kind of all get given away to folks. I brought donuts to my clinic staff one day. That was my gift. <laughs> donuts are wonderful. <laughs> and you're out here making like handcrafted one-of-a-kind gifts and I, my donuts aren't holding up so well anymore. No, I mean like for me, the fun is in like thinking about what I'm going to do and then I get fabric and I, I have a problem with buying fabric and then I'm like, oh, I loved it. What am I going to do with it? Um, so it's it's fun to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Sometimes I'll get scraps from other folks and um, like so I'll kind of put them together in different ways and make stuff out of stuff that's hard to use. So I, I, I like that part of it. It's fun. Just to let people know not to pigeonhole you, she's not only made these amazing tote bags, she's made a blazer, you make clothing, you've made other things with fabric. So how did you get into that? I come from a long line of crafters. My grandpa, like his day job, he was a bricklayer. And at night he would make these, like this is before computer design and (laughs) stuff like that. So he would make these amazing, amazing models. And sometimes he'd make them for architects. Um, and a lot of times he made boats and like model World mm. War II military vessels. So he was always really, really into that. And I think his mom was, a, they called it a seamstress back in the day. Probably now the term would be sewist, but like she professionally made stuff, made things for other people. My mom is a big sewist. Um, she made her own wedding gown, uh, made clothes for us all through many, many years. And so I never felt a need to do it at all because my mom was so good. (laughs) Like I was like, Mm -hmm. they don't Mm -hmm. need that. Uh, And then we moved to Duluth and she's in the Twin Cities. And I'm a very frugal person. And so like my kids were little and they were ripping the heck out of their pants and stuff. And I was like, I am not throwing this away. Um, And my mom asked me, she's like, I found the cutest little sewing machine. Would you use it if, if I got it for you? And I'm like, yeah, my kids are ripping their clothes. I would use it. (laughs) So I started by fixing their clothes and and trying to make myself use it and just used it more and more and more. I can put a button on. Oh, good for you. That's a skill. And, you know, the other time I've sewn was um, practicing, you know, in in med school, you know, so I practiced doing sutures, but I I really am bad at that. Were you always kind of good with your hands? I don't know that anybody who knows me would (laughs) would say that I am. (laughs) I did play piano as a younger person. So like some of that hand eye stuff, I mean, like, I don't know that it was natural for me, but I learned and like, I've done different needle crafts at different points in time. So I've done cross stitching and and like some, some of the other handwork and stuff. So I've done that. 
you know, I don't do a lot of sewing anymore. It's not a, a huge demand in the hospice field, but I do remember really like liking sewing up the skin. Um, and hmm. in my surgery rotation, I really enjoyed that. I was like, oh, this is this is good. Suturing. So do you do you think that your your skills, your your artistry, um, your talents at this work, does it affect your practice as a doctor? I think yes and no. For me, the act of making is really, really therapeutic. Um, mm. And so I think sometimes, you know, everybody who's a physician runs into some stuff at work, whatever that is. It, it comes across in different ways. And it is so incredibly therapeutic for me to be able to go and do something different and, and claim a different part of my identity so that I'm not just thinking about myself as a physician or just thinking about myself as a mom or just thinking about myself in relationship to other people. But I'm thinking of myself in in how I identify myself. And so like that act of I can sew anything I want and what am I choosing to do is, is such a a therapeutic thing for me. And and I think that that part of it balances out some of the other demands on me. Hmm. I think that's super interesting because as you know, when you get into medical school and even residency, everything is centered on this identity of doctor, this person who is the healer, that that becomes everything. And I think what you're describing, this act of sewing or engaging in crafting, decenters that. It really decenters it and puts your identity somewhere else. Yeah, I think for me, that's really important. I think as a physician, you know, I do my very, very best and, and it doesn't always go perfectly despite that. And so to find that place where I can claim those other parts of me and, and to remember that I'm, I'm Amy, I'm a, I'm a reader, I'm a crafter, I'm a mom, I'm a hiker, I have so many other parts to me, is really important in helping me find balance when things aren't going well. Do you think your patients know that? Um, I, I always wonder about that. You know, your patients, um, not just yours, but all of our patients, you know, they see you as their doctor. And 99% of the conversation, rightfully, is about them, not about us. That's how it ought to be. But do you share with your patients other aspects of your life? And, and how does that affect the relationships you have with the with the people that you serve who are admittedly at, at end of life, aren't they? Yeah, I'm kind of an open book. It's such a great way to connect with people. So like, you know, in hospice, a lot of times we get to be in people's houses. And so we might notice homemade quilts or things or, or we'll notice art in spaces. And we get to we get to like ask them about that. And, and one of my favorite things about about that work is seeing some of that, seeing that other aspect of our patients and getting to know them in other ways other than their their disease. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I tend to work with older adults um, and sewing was a very important part of their life journey for a lot of my older women patients in particular. Um, and so to be able to connect with them in that way is is um, really interesting. And I'll be like, oh, I, I made... I made my shirt or, or something and, and, and they'll, they'll be like, no, you didn't. I used to sew. And then, then we get to share stories about that. It's a, it's a lovely way to connect with patients. Do you get to share with other people? So your learners or your teachers, or do you see, do you see any connections there with the work that we're doing in academics? 
again, I'm kind of an open book. So to all my students in Duluth know that I sew probably. <laughs> Certainly in my small group, they all know that I sew. They'll be like, those are some funky pants. Did you make them? And I'm like, sure did. I did. I did make the funky pants. They're like, they're good though. They're good. They're funky in a good way. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> there are different ways to take that statement. But yeah, no, they know. Um one thing I like to do is if I have a student in my small group that's having a baby, I usually try to make a hat for their baby. And it's just a that, that they're going to have in medical school. And it's just a really nice way to like, I don't know, I love that giving aspect of things too. When do you have time for all that? I, I like that question because I work with her and I can tell you Amy is a hard, hard worker. So I, I'm curious about that too, David. Yeah. Do you do it late at night? Are you a morning person? Do you do it in between patients? Uh, you know, when do you have time for this or any of those other activities that you mentioned that you do? The Duluth winters are very long. <laughs> very cold. For, those, for those of you not familiar with North American geography, Duluth is on Lake Superior in the middle of nowhere, but it is cold from about, you know, I don't know, September to May. Yeah, I, I would I would say in the summer I probably don't do very much um, with with sewing. Well, you know it is sunny for like nine days. You got to get outside sometime. June through like usually October is pretty beautiful here. Like just just beautiful. November through May is a little is a little rough up here. Um, and so like for me, it's also it's very therapeutic when I'm like it is too cold to go outside. I'm like inside, huddled up, sewing. <laughs> Warming your hands over a, a fire so they, they'll work. <laughs> Just want to mention, David, it is, they do have electricity up there. We do. <laughs> it's not like a log cabin where she's got an open fire warm in her hands. No. Oh, but that would be lovely too. That, that would be, be lovely. lovely. Yeah. yeah. No air conditioning because Duluth is the air conditioned city. We do not need it. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, that's true. So, so when you're making a tote bag, for instance, how long does that thing take you? It would take me nine years. <laughs> um, it depends on how involved. I probably, probably about four hours. I've made a lot of bags. Like it used to take me a lot longer. I'm, I'm, I'm much faster at it than I used to be. Well, we're so grateful for you, Amy, for you spending time with us and sharing this with us. Is there anything else that you want us to know about your plus or anything else you want to say? Well, I will say a couple things. I think like it's always fun to like try something new. Like for me, I think the other thing that it's really given me is um, it is hard for me to force myself into new things. And sewing is a great place to practice because I'm always making mistakes. I'm always wanting to do something else new. And it, like, it's nice. I'm like, I'm like, I did it there. A lot of people don't, you know, like think of it as super hard. I'm like, no, it's just, you got to work at it. You do it. And it just, it's, it's like good practice for the rest of my life. It's good for all of us to know that, you know, your main identity doesn't have to be the only thing that defines you. And in your case, it's that you're a doctor and you're a doctor for patients at end of life and you're a hospice expert, but you're also a sewist. And I think that that's important for all of us to keep in mind the many aspects of those people that are caring for you, whether it be your doctor or any of your healthcare team. And so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I also appreciate this idea that you give it away. And so all over Minnesota, there's little bits of Amy's time and life spirit that are touching so many other people. And even this, that you took the time to share with us this story and, and you're just being here has been really wonderful. And I'm just saying, I don't have a bag, you know, you know. <laughs> well, well, I know someone who can make you one. You know, we just met, but I do have to say. You know. <laughs> 
we work together long enough, you you would get a bag too. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dr. Plus. Dr. Plus is sponsored by generous funding from the American College of Physicians and is produced by Julie Sensuo.